Thank God for the Olympics. Yes, it's um, it's come in handy at the time of COVID, hasn't it? Not for the athletes and the people who wanted to go, of course, and the no. officials and the volunteers, but for for those of us stuck at home. Yes, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, I briefly toyed with the idea that maybe it was deliberate. Uh, well, it, I mean, I think somebody on Insiders said today, isn't it fantastic? We're all cheering for Australia and we're all Australians when we win a gold medal at the women's relay. But when we're talking about dividing our Pfizer shots, we're a nation of different states. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Okay, now we're going to be talking about how dealing with COVID has kind of affected the way that we live in apartments and what that might mean for the future. Hmm. I'm Jimmy Thompson. I write the flat check column for the Australian Financial Review. And I'm Sue Williams, and I write about property for Domain. And this is the Flat Chat Wrap. Sue, if you were going to change anything about the way apartments were built in the future, given that this may not be the last time we have a pandemic or a wave of the current one, what would you change? Obviously, I'd want buildings to be much better built and to have much better soundproof qualities as well. Right. Because I think we're all at home a lot. And if we had, God forbid, another pandemic, we'd all be home again. Yeah. So we just don't really want to hear our neighbours playing the piano or their kids running around above us on wooden floors Mm. or playing the bass really loudly on rock music Mm. or clanging weights in the gym, that kind of thing. We want to have some peace but there's been a culture in and around apartments. And I remember the old C Triple T, uh, one of their members saying, you have to expect a certain amount of noise when you live in apartments and that noise from other people. Mm. And of course, a certain amount is a very undefined level of noise transmission. The building standards for noise transmission, even in apartments, even in the most recent figures are ridiculous ridiculously low yeah they should be much better much much better yeah so is that the first thing to tackle that the building standards to to have a reasonable assumption that you will have a reasonable amount of peace and quiet in your apartment yes i think so because often when people say downsizes they're talking about moving into apartments the one thing well, there's a couple of things that, that often stops them. One is the fear of an owner's corporation ruling their lives. But yeah. the other one is they're – I mean, many of them have never lived in apartments before. And often they're saying, well, we're just a bit nervous about getting noise from beneath us and noise from above us and noise from either side. And they're really quite fearful of that. And I think, you know, it's kind of weird, but – I mean, I grew up in England in a small terrace house, mm. and we heard everything that the next-door neighbours did. We heard them every time they went up and down the stairs yeah. um, because we only had carpet kind of like a little bit on the stairs. It was never right. kind of water or carpet. Yeah. yeah. And um, we could hear them when they had arguments. Right. And we could hear them when they laughed. Yeah. But now I think we're much more aware of noise and much more aware of our neighbours. You know, in those days you just kind of grew up with it really, but now we have a much higher standard that we expect. There's also the fear among people who haven't lived in apartments 
about the amount of noise they will be allowed to make. Not not the mm. amount of noise coming from other people, but the amount of noise that they will be projecting into other people's homes. I mean, especially people with families. I mean, mm. kids like to run around. And if your floor has not been properly insulated, then the people downstairs are going to get driven nuts yeah. pretty quickly. Yeah. So that's two aspects. So, so noise does impact on people and and funnily enough we'll be talking later on about a very specific kind of noise um, an issue that's come up in Bondi but if the buildings were better built which is the biggest if in apartment living a lot of these problems would never exist to begin with I mean it can be quite weird when you don't hear any noise mm. you'd think does everybody know something that we don't know and <laughs> they've, all, <laughs> they've all headed out of town and uh, and I remember saying to our concierge here that the, our next door neighbours across the wall were perfect because you never heard anything from them. And he said, there's no one there. <laughs> it's been empty for years and yeah. years and years. Yeah. People just bought it and then moved overseas and didn't want to rent it out and just sat there watching its value gradually accrue. <laughs> yeah. Noise does affect people quite significantly. Mm. And it affects some people worse than others. Yeah. I mean, we had a, an elderly friend who um, had a neighbour above her that she said was incredibly noisy. And I remember sitting in her lounge room once when she was quite elderly, and she said, oh, my God, can you hear that? And I actually couldn't hear anything, but she got her broom (laughs) and she started banging on the ceiling. I'm sure her neighbours upstairs thought she was completely and utterly mad. But but she obviously heard something and it really irritated her, whereas – other people just couldn't hear that kind of noise. But apparently there's a thing to do with ageing. You hear a lot about hearing loss when people get older, but there's some people can be affected by this thing that actually makes their hearing much more acute. Wow, so, so certain so notes or certain types of... Certain types of noise actually yeah. are physically painful to them. Mm. It's not widely diagnosed because they just think if they're hearing too much noise it's because of the person who's making the noise yeah because in a perfect world an apartment should be pretty quiet and it should be quieter than a house really because you should have double glazing you should have if you've got sliding doors glass doors you should be able to close them and no noise should come in yeah if you've got windows they should be able to close tightly and so no noise but you kind of live in a suburban house and it's actually much harder to avoid noise because you've got lawnmowers on a weekend. Oh, yeah. Um, you've got neighbours, dogs barking, and you can't really do anything about it. Whereas if you live in a strata building, you know, if a dog barks in the building, there's something you can do about it. Apartments should and could be a lot less intrusive or the noise could and should be, and a bit of better planning and a bit of better building. But, of course, it's only now that we're beginning to realise that we could have better building Mm. um, and we should have better building and that there are people building apartments who shouldn't be allowed anywhere near the building process because all they're doing is the cheapest job they possibly can for the maximum profit. Yeah, and creating the maximum misery for the people who are going to buy in there. Yeah. yeah. But there are all sorts of different products coming out into the market. I saw this website the other day, yeah. and it was a company called Artich. Oh, gosh, it's so hard to say. I'm sorry. Artitcher. 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 Thank you. Like artichoke, but… Oh, yeah, Artitcher. Yeah, okay. That's a good way of saying it, really. <laughs> right. Um, and they, they've they manufactured these wall panels, and they're really quite interesting and quite 
pleasing to the eye. Yeah. And they're in hexagons yeah. or they're in diamond shapes or they're in kind of di- different patterns. And they're a wall decoration, but they're also there to provide acoustic protection oh, right. from neighbours. And it looks fantastic. More attractive than egg boxes. Yes. And so you could make as much noise as you want in there. Right. And your neighbours, you won't be able to hear your neighbours at all, hopefully. So yeah. things like that are kind of coming in all the time. I mean, we know people who have put an extra layer of, of cover yeah, yeah, on, yeah. Their, on their walls to, yeah. Yeah, to try and shield themselves from noise from neighbours. And with this, it looks good. It looks yeah. really nice. So yeah. it's, it's, you've got you know a reason. You've got kind of an artwork in there to make it look good as well as making it more quiet. Would it work for domestic, do you think? Or would it look a bit officey and corporate? No, no, no. I mean, on their website, Artichar, yeah. Com. <laughs> yeah. They've got lots of pictures of, of homes with it inside. And right. it looks really groovy. Oh, groovy. Groovy, yeah. yeah. Really cool. It would be handy for the uh, Zoom rooms we were mocking last week. Yes, it certainly would. So yeah. what, what would be your basic minimal standards for a Zoom room, just while we're on the subject? Um, I think it's got to be big enough to have... Obviously, a space for your computer, and that's right. going to be a PC as well as a laptop, really. Right. And room for a Zoom light, you know, yep. those halo, halo lights. Halo light, yeah. Because that makes such a big difference, I've discovered. It makes, yep. makes you look quite good, really, mm. compared to how you might look normally. Yes. And it's got to be quiet, and you've got to be so able to close it off. So you need some of this artichure yes. stuff. <laughs> they need to come up with a better name. You've got to be able to close it off as well if and you And you can. need a door. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then if you're going to have a door, you need air. Oh yeah, it's getting a bit complicated now, isn't it? Really? Well, no. If, I think if developers or architects are saying, "Hey, we've got a Zoom room," I think you're entitled to go in and say, "Well, does it have a halo light? Does it have enough room for a desk? Does it have multiple powerpoints? Does it have mm. a, a LAN connection, a, a mm. you know, a network uh, connection, or good Wi-Fi in there? Does it have a door, and does it have air?" Mm. And yeah. If they tick all those boxes, you go, yeah, that is a flat chat approved Zoom room. (laughs) (laughs) I imagine developers won't have a door there because if they have a door, then suddenly it becomes a study and it's Uh, worth another 400,000 on the price of an average home. So uh, you never know. Well, yeah, if it doesn't have a door there, it's not much cop. Mm. But then again, in apartments, you could actually, you know, if they're built with a pandemic future in mind, Mm. you could always have meeting rooms in the buildings or a series of little Zoom rooms that that residents can use and they can book it, maybe book it online with an online booking platform and they can go in there and do their stuff. Maybe that that would be a good um, compromise, really. We went along to a build-for-rent place mm. in Olympic Park in Sydney once, I remember. Yeah. And they had a series of studies which people could use, and they yeah. just had a booking system there. Yeah. So that's really good. I mean, if you're living in a studio apartment or a one-bedroom apartment, you just might not have room. So if you've got an important work meeting, mm-hmm. that might be a good place to, to be able to go. All right. Well, that's all part of the next part of our discussion, which is building – not so much the physical infrastructure as the social infrastructure of the future apartment blocks. That's after this. We've talked about better soundproofing 
and things like that. Other things that could be built into a modern apartment block that is going to make life easier in the future should we ever have to be in lockdown for whatever reason. It would be nice if, if all apartments could have balconies or if they could be common spaces that are kind of partly outdoors as well. Right. Um, I've seen some great designs for apartments, you know, from the Architecture Awards recently. Yeah. And some of them have common shared spaces that are half inside and half out, so they're quite sheltered, like right. a, a loggia. Yeah. They're kind of sheltered, but um, they do have fresh air. Or there's corridors where they have fresh access to fresh air as well. And I think that's really important. Also, lots of the modern ones now have rooftop spaces. Yep. The idea that it's not just rich people who can buy afford a penthouse who can have a look at the wonderful view. Anybody who um, buys into a building now has access to the view through a rooftop garden. Right. And they may have a herb garden up there or they may grow vegetables or it might just be kind of an entertainment space. It might have a barbecue, seating, that kind of thing. Mm. And I think, you know, when we're trapped indoors – during the pandemic, it would be good to have some space outdoors that you can go to without leaving your building. Yeah, sounds like a good idea. One of the things I think is, and know this exists in a lot of modern buildings, but electronic access. So you, rather than a physical key, you have a fob. Mm. And that, whether you want it to or not, that registers on a computer somewhere that the resident of this apartment has come in at this time and got in the lift. And I, I know it sounds a bit like Big Brotherish controlling where you've been and at what time, but right now, that's exactly what we need is yes. to be able to possibly go into these buildings like these apartment blocks in Melbourne that have been locked down in the, the past week or so. To be able to go in and say, let's have a look at the computer. Well, we know that this person came in at this time or there's nobody been in that apartment for the past week or whatever. Or they would have used the lift at the same time as this other person Absolutely. if they were a positive case study. Yeah. It's better security anyway, you know, mm. because keys just drift around. I don't know. Do, are there any buildings out there that yeah. still have physical yep, keys? They do. Probably about three quarters of them, I would think. Really? Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Oh, remind me to buy shares in an electronic access company. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, some people have been saying, oh, we should have QR codes to go into buildings and move mm. around buildings. But that depends very much on voluntary compliance. Yeah. And if the QR code system isn't working really well, people aren't going to use it. You know, if it takes a little while to, to show up on their phone, yeah. you know, it doesn't really... Or doesn't get it right. Last week, I went to Coles to get some food and checked in and then thought I'd checked out. And then I went to a different supermarket and went to check in and it said, would you like to check out of Coles? Mm. Well, I have checked out Coles. But it thought that I was still checking into Coles. So mm. I had to check out as if I was at Coles, and then it wouldn't let me check in. Yeah. And it was yeah. just, I mean, look, it's not a perfect system, but it should be a wee bit more efficient mm. than that. And mm. if you apply that to people's homes, I mean, when we were on Amanda Farmer's podcast the other day, she was saying that there are some buildings in the city that have put QR codes in as a condition of entry and residents who came back without their phones mm. weren't able to check in therefore they weren't allowed to get into their own homes yeah which is ridiculous mm. you know it shouldn't be happening and at unenforceable all. really well un unless you've got a large security guard standing there saying no <laughs> to a 70 year old lady no mm. you can't come in 
Mm. Well, maybe some buildings do because I remember when once we were changing our security system, we had a concierge service and we were changing the concierge people and the new new firms were tendering. And one of the firms came to us and said, what would you like? Would you like all guys with guns? Or... <laughs> yeah. And I remember thinking, oh, my goodness, yeah. guns for an apartment building in Sydney. Yeah. Wow. He was also asking if we wanted certain races to be That's excluded. Right. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I'm glad you didn't go with them. No. Um, <laughs> I also think that there should be better communication in all buildings over a certain size should have some sort of web interface. Yeah. There was an article in one of the papers online about these buildings again in Melbourne where they letterboxed them and said, there's been an infection here, we're shutting down, that we're locking down the building as of midnight tonight. A lot of those people did not get, they didn't even check their mail. Mm. They didn't look at the letterbox. So if they'd had a website that pinged their phone, which would be so easy to do, mm. that said alert, and it could be anything. You know, it could be we're going into lockdown at midnight or it could be Mabel in flat 132 needs somebody to lend her a stepladder. Yeah. You know, it could be as basic as that or it could be as significant as telling people that there's a lockdown or there's been a problem with the water system or whatever, the market will drive this. Mm. People will want to live in places that have that kind of facility. Yeah. But in the meantime, I think in in Melbourne, if you I think if a building has more than fifty apartments, they must have a strata manager. Mm. I would also say a building facilities manager. We yeah. don't have that compulsion here. There are huge strata schemes in Sydney that don't have a strata manager because there's somebody on the committee who feels that they can handle all that stuff. Not very many, but there's a few. Yeah. And I think over a certain level, a building manager is a requirement as well. Mm. And I think a website is a requirement. I mean, one of the things in our building, this is a first world issue, but uh, we have a, a timetable for the gym that we have to log into that you can only have a maximum of two people in the gym from the one household at any one time and you can only have the gym for a maximum of one hour per day you can only book a a gym slot within 24 hours you you can't book you know a week in advance i love it i think it's great Mm, i hope i hope it stays Mm. maybe not with the same restrictions but I just like the, the ability to be able to go to my computer and go, I'd like to go to the gym at 2.30 tomorrow afternoon. I wonder if there's a space. Yeah. And as well, because it becomes then an appointment, you, you kind of have to keep it oh, yeah. rather than yeah. just thinking, oh, shall I nip down to the gym later on today? Oh, or shall no. I eat this cream cake? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and watch more Olympics. Yeah. Watch lots of thin, muscly swimmers and eat donuts at the same time. Yes. That's uh, counterintuitive, but very <laughs> tempting. You think, yeah, look, yeah, I'll go and swim. As soon as I finish this donut, I'm going for a swim and I'll end up looking like them. <laughs> if only. When we come back, we're going to be talking about the latest example of one of my least favourite phrases in the whole world, nanny state gone mad. That's after this. So what are you referring to when you're talking about a nanny state gone mad, Jimmy? It's Bondi Beach. Waverley Council 
has had a an approach from a local community organization asking them to limit the use of leaf blowers on the street. And people are complaining that they're being disturbed sometimes, you know, six, seven, eight times a day by different people blowing leaves with these leaf blowers that sound a bit, they sound a bit like a small motorbike. Mm. Yeah, or and they're talking speed. about the the, ga- the gas-powered ones. Mm. And this Waverley councillor called Will Nemesh says, this is a nanny state gone mad. Oh, gosh. <laughs> now, Mr. Nemesh, I just want to parse that statement. A nanny state gone mad, does that mean that they've stopped being a nanny? <laughs> or... <laughs> Or are they torturing the children? I mean, look, either it's public controls have gone mad or it's a nanny state. It can't be both things. And it's only leaf blowers. It's not like they're nailing up doors and things like that, like they did in China. Mm. So you come up with some better cliches, Mr. Nimesh. Absolutely. But then I do have some sympathy. What is the point of blowing leaves around? I mean, it just seems to be, it's always, I'm sorry, Jimmy, but it's always men who are doing it. I've yes. never seen a woman leaf blower. It's a penis extension. <laughs> it's, yeah, I can it's, quite understand that. But um, why not just sweep them up and then put them in a bag and put them in composting? Why would you just blow them around? It, it seems to be utterly pointless because the wind has blown them there in the first place. So yeah. the wind is going to blow them back again. A leaf vacuum cleaner. Yes. yes a big, and yet they do exist. I mean, they're like slightly larger lawnmowers. Have they got a big bag? Have they come along? But they're probably still very noisy. Not if they're electric. Oh, Not I if see. they're electric. No, okay. no, no. Oh, well, that sounds all right then. And so, yeah. they, so they suck up all the leaves into the bag. The leaves go off and they're composted. Mm. That is what the council should be doing. Yeah. And it might cost a bit more, but at least they're saving a bit of the environment. Think about all the, the carbon footprint of these stupid leaf blowers. And as mm. somebody said in Waverley Council, I think the Greens councillor there, or one of them, said, all that leaf blowers do is blow the leaves to the next property. Mm. And then the leaf blower guy on that property comes out and blows them back. Mm. It doesn't do anything. Yeah. Also, I think in an area, in a time of high unemployment and feckless young people, get some feckless. people feckless, get some people out there with brushes and rakes and bags and pick the bloody leaves up. Mm. So nanny state gone mad. No, nanny would tell you to clean up. She wouldn't tell you just to move the crap yeah. around. <laughs> So I think we've insulted enough people today, okay. Sue Williams. Yes. The Olympics have just started. We've just seen Ash Barty <gasps> fall apart. Oh, no. Um, hard courts are not her surface. Mm. They're really not. And she just looked a bit underdone, to be honest. Yeah. Her heart goes out to her, though, doesn't it? Well, she carries the, the, the hopes of a nation. Yes. Yeah, Absolutely. But she's such a great star. She's such a, a fantastic sportswoman. You get the feeling that if she turned up at the swimming pool and said, hey, can I be in the 4 by 100 <laughs> yes! they'd have gone, yeah, on you go. Get in there, Ash. <laughs> Even though we're going to break the world record and get a gold medal, yeah. you, can, you can be part of this. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's enough for us from one week. Thank you very much, Sue. Thanks, Jimmy. And thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. 
Thanks for listening to the Flat Chat Rap Podcast. You'll find links to the stories and other references on our website, flat-chat.com.au. And if you haven't already done so, you can subscribe to this podcast completely free on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or your favorite podcatcher. Just search for Flat Chat Rap with a W, click on subscribe, and you'll get this podcast every week without even trying. Thanks again. Talk to you again next week.